The Weekend Stakes edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Uh, It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Welcome to the show. It's, uh, it's, It's high time for racing. You got Delmar. You got Saratoga. You got Colonial Downs. I'm just kidding. No one fucking cares about Colonial Downs. Uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of stakes races today. One including the the caress at Saratoga. And speaking of which, a man I wouldn't mind caressing me down, Mr. Caleb Knight of On the Wrong Leads joining me today. What's up, Caleb? What's up, Chase? Lovely introduction, as always. For the folks at home that uh, can't visually see, he is rocking the, uh, the Cuban chain. So uh, oh, yeah. that is not just... Uh, just a thing. It's real. It's here. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. It's fake. And it's glorious. Um, <laughs> I told my wife, like, I was like, I, I want a Cuban link chain. I want the biggest, fakest Cuban link chain. And so like, I've unlocked this whole like Cuban link culture. My favorite thing right now is ex presidents with like AI photos of them looking just hood as fuck with just like a gang of folks behind them with just like these huge, like sweatshirts, huge Cuban links kicks ass. I'm here. for So, it. I got to ask, uh, I, I talked about this on my show on, on Wednesday, uh, but the first time I've had someone on to kind of give their uh, their take on it, uh, Golden Gate Fields shutting down in December. Uh, wh- what did you think? What do you think of the news? I think it's disappointing. I definitely feel for the horsemen in the area, you know, Northern California. I didn't play a ton of Golden Gate Fields personally. I thought the Golden Hour wagers were always a fun bet. I'd tune in from time to time, but I think it's hard to look at it as anything other than kind of a negative. I, I know that Stronic Group is out there saying it's going to help bolster field sizes at Santa Anita, but I just I just don't know if I think that checks out. We didn't see it with Hollywood Park closing. It just, typically, closing tracks does not you know have the impact on field sizes that you would hope for. I'm not sure how many Golden Gate shippers will be that competitive at Santa Anita or, or Del Mar anyway. So um, it's a it's a sad thing. It's a shame. Um, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I'm a dirty little pig boy for all things all weather, especially the uh, what's becoming an endangered species, the all weather that looks like chopped up tires. Um, <laughs> that you know the playground, uh, you know, uh, surface that 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 they have. Uh, my whole thing about it is like, I really hope that getting three extra horses in the gate each race for Santa Anita is worth like you know a couple hundred people being without a job in December. Yeah. The the people impact is definitely the worst. Yeah. Moving on to happier things. How's your Saratoga meet going, sir? Um, not super great so far, to be honest. Um, the weather has really been kind of throwing a wrench in my plans. They've had a lot of rain. I think almost half the meet, it seems like has been off the turf so far through the first, uh, full week. Anyway, they are, you know, as we're recording Friday, they're pretty much off the turf all day, except for the uh, Lake George. So it hasn't been great when Saratoga gets muddy. 
I can handle off tracks. I mean, I can do okay there sometimes, but it's the days where it's sloppy sealed in the morning and then it's muddy and then it's good harrowed and it changes three or four times throughout the day. Those are the days where I struggle, where you, you just can't really seem to get a feel for what the track's doing, how it's playing. And it seems like we've had a lot of that lately. So it's been tough for me the opening week, but hopefully we can get some good weather this weekend. Yeah, it's almost pointless to try to do something like ahead of time uh, because uh, with, with all the scratches and things changing surfaces, it's like, oh, well, I did all this work handicapping and now it's not worth dick. Fantastic. <sighs> all right. Well, I got Caleb here, not just to, you know, bemoan the loss of Golden Gate Fields and, and talk, commiserate about uh, bad Saratoga meets, which I'm not having a great one either. Uh, we got five stakes races on Saturday. All across the country, me and uh, Caleb here are going to be talking about them. Uh, we got them at three tracks. Uh, Saratoga, we're going to take a look at the Caress and the CCA Oaks. Uh, Monmouth, the big one, the Haskell. And then uh, at Delmar, we've got two stakes races on the turret. The Ocinitas, I believe is how you say that. I hope it's how you say that. And the San Clemente. Uh, what what'd you think of the, just generally, what'd you think of these races? Uh, did you have any favorites uh, right off the bat? As far as just what I thought of you know, the race from a betting standpoint, I was quite disappointed in what Saratoga was able to put together. That really isn't anything new. It just feels like lately, I don't know if it's a function of having too many stakes or not enough horses or, or what it is, but the field sizes just continue to be a huge problem in these high profile stakes races at Saratoga. So I thought that was pretty disappointing. I do think on the other hand, the Haskell is a fantastic race probably one of the stronger runnings we've seen with a lot of horses that have a legitimate chance. And then the two races out of Del Mar, I thought are very, very competitive, maybe not as flashy or sexy as, you know, the East coast counterparts, but probably offer the best wagering value of the weekend. I I'm just pumped that we have a turf stakes race at Saratoga. Uh, that is not 80% Chad Brown. Like for example, <laughs> the Chad Lake Brown George stakes going on today, uh, as I've decided to dub it. Oh man. So many Chad, races, Diana, the Diana Chad race. Yeah. The, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm uh, with you. I'm sick of it. Whatever, whatever the announcer was like, and Chad Brown wins the Diana. And I was like, how are you even like faking being excited right, right now? How like my response was, and America's response is no one cares. Absolutely. <laughs> No one cares. But you know what you should care about? America's Sports is back. And guarantee prizes are up for grabs. For the Circa Millions, you're just picking five NFL games against the spread each week. The Circus Survivor, just pick a different money line winner each week. You enter in Vegas, play from anywhere, and the Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there the last weekend of August circusports.com for all the details at circusports.com trying to think of what i would do with 14 million dollars caleb i don't know i first thing is brand new pairs of socks every day um every the day. other thing is yeah uh i don't know i might have some like plastic surgery done but yeah, really focus on, uh obviously butt implants like i <laughs> you know I, I don't have much there i think it might help my back problems like that one episode of king of the hill Let's get into it. Let's talk the caress stakes at Saratoga. We're going to go chronologically by post time. This is race six to five and a half furlong, $200,000 grade three on the melon turf. 
Uh, it's a really short field with six entries, but uh, likely only five make the gate here since Bank on Anna is a uh, main track only entry. Um, what did you think of this race? Because I've got a, a, a pace take on this one, but I want to see if it lines up with what you think. Yeah, so at a high level, my you know, my thoughts on this race is small field, not really any speed or very little speed, but also to me through the first week and a half of Saratoga, it seems like speed has not been good on the turf. Um, I'm a sucker for speed, especially on a turf sprint. So it, it will be tough for me to get away from the horse that kind of looks like she controls everything on the front end bubble rock. And I know you're a, a little pig boy for a short leaf stable horse. So I'm guessing that might be where you're looking. How, how are you going to steal that from me? Cause <laughs> yes, little pig boy. Can I, that's immediately where I was going. Yeah, I also like uh, Bubble Rock uh, quite a bit here. Um, it was, it, I, saw, I thought it was the same thing. It just, it looks like it's just devoid of early speed, and I think it's going to make it an easy wire job for for Bubble Rock. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think, I think she's your most likely winner. I was a little perplexed, uh, and I have a lot of respect for David Aragona, but Roses for Deborah is the favorite in here at nine to five. Feels yeah. a little suspect to me. She's probably in my opinion, the second least likely winner. I'm not really sure what Wakanaka is doing in here after being campaigned at a mile or greater for a very long time. I guess if you go way back to some of the races she had in Italy, she was sprinting, but that was years ago. And and she settled into a nice miler. The placement here feels quite odd. So I don't know that I could see her uh, getting the job done. But other than her, to me, it seems like Roses for Deborah is the second least likely winner yet she's nine to five on the line here. Do you think that's just like crazy Irad is going to get bet money or? I mean, if he's trying to pre- predict where it's going to close, uh, I mean, I, th- I think you're factoring in the, the Irad money because I mean, it's, it's not like the horse. I mean, the horse won stepping up in class, but had, you know, declining speed figures uh, hasn't in its history done well, second off the layoff yet. Uh, so I, I really don't know. Like this feels like if it wins, it feels like a, they knew that or, irad fuckery sort of situation but i'm with you i i I have an exactive for this race and i didn't even use uh you know roses for deborah um speaking of bets what were you thinking for the caress stakes yeah so while i do respect bubble rock i I tend to think she will be your favorite um over the uh the irad horse roses for deborah and i'm not sure if i want to take a super short price on her given the way i think the turf's been playing so i actually went to the number one our flash drive and I'll concede that perhaps five and a half is a little too sharp for her, but she's been really, really good this year since cutting back to sprints after spending most of her career as a miler. And she always has been a horse that sort of struggled to finish off races going a mile or a mile and a 16th. So I'm willing to give her a shot here, uh, going five and a half. I'm guessing she probably sits no worse than second in a race without too much speed. Uh, but who knows? Maybe she gets out there if, if uh, Flavian decides to rate Bubble Rock for some reason or whatever else. But I like our flash drive. I think she'll offer value in this field um, compared to who I think will take some money. So I'm going to have a win bet on our flash drive, thinking you probably get you know seven to two, four to one ballpark. And I think you know, my, my my opinion here is that I don't like the three to hit the board. I think this three is a very vulnerable favorite. So um, I'm going to play an exacta key box as well, the one with the two and the four. I don't think the three is much of a lock to run as the favorite. So I'm trying to get her out of the money. 
Uh, I'm with you. I faded. Uh, I faded the three completely out of the exacta. I went with uh, two over one five, and that being uh, Bubble Rock over our Flash Drive and uh, Wakanaka. Uh, I, I think that if this pace is as slow as it possibly could be, you could just see two one just merry go round in order without any you know passing anybody. I do like bringing up Wakanaka because the horse is just kind of a grinder board hitter sort of thing. And also I think of the song down with the sickness. Every time I, I hear its name, Ooh, Wakanaka. Um, I'm never going to not so, hear that now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, I mean, it could be like the two pulls away and then Wakanaka being, you know, having a little bit more in the tank left after running all these route distances, I figure, um, you know, kind of sneaks up in a second, but I think it likely ends up two one. So we pretty much see that exactly the same it, it turns out um i bet we have differences though when we head to the shores of new jersey for the haskell stakes that's right monmouth race 12 the haskell nine furlongs a million dollars it is a grade one and you've got a big three in this race with uh the four mage the five tap trice and the eight uh arabian knight um to find a real price you might have to stray outside those three uh, and I'm going to do just that and then probably hedge with an exacta. Uh, what, what did you think of this race? I think it's a really fun race because I think there's probably five horses and you know, maybe six that you can make a very legitimate win case for that. I wouldn't you know talk you off of at all. Um, so I think you're going to get good value on kind of no matter who you pick, which probably means that Baffert goes off six to five and wins by three. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, I, I thought the the real hope that you had with beating Arabian Night is the fact that there are other horses that want to go fast early and they look like they don't really stand a chance to do much other than soften up Arabian Night on, on the front. I, Arabian Night is way faster, uh, but uh, I, I think that he'll get a little bit of pressure. Uh, I I went outside the the three and I'm actually the, the win bet that I have is going to be the one go rocket, uh, go rocket ride at nine to two. And uh, you know, there's no real value in betting place or show here because odds are one of those, you know, one, if not two of those three are going to hit the board and uh, likely, you know, end up fucking up any sort of place or show bets. Uh, you know, you're really limited to win betting there with that uh, or maybe, you know, keying and exotics, which I'm not sure if I want to get that bold. Uh, for the hedge exact, uh, I'm, I'm going to use Tappet Trice, who I know will be forwardly placed and close enough to really take a run in Arabian Night, hopefully after some of those other horses uh, soften him up. So I, I was a win with the one go rocket ride in exacta five over 147. How'd you see the race unfolding? What'd you decide to do? Yeah, so my opinion in this race is that I don't really want anything to do with the uh, two derby runners. So Mage and Tappet Trice. Tappet Trice, I think he just seems like a difficult horse to figure out. It really felt like he he was supposed to run better in the Derby and probably supposed to win the Belmont. And I, I've just seen enough of him. Uh, maybe next year he can put it together. But I'm getting some real strong Tastis vibes off this horse. Um, Mage, I think that's, he's... that's quite an invocation right there. Throwing, yes. throwing the, the T word around. <laughs> yes, definitely. As far as Mage, I really like him as a horse. I think the connections are a feel good story. But the only race he really has that fits is the Derby. And it feels like that's a bit of an aberration. So uh, connections are on the record saying this is a prep for him. They're really targeting the Travers. So I, I don't know that he's quite good enough to, to beat this field at 100%. And I definitely don't think he's good enough to beat them at 75 or 
So instead, I'm kind of with you. I'm going for a new shooter, uh, except that I went to the outside number seven extra Añejo. This was a horse that ran an extremely impressive race at Keeneland as a two-year-old with just a wicked speed figure. They gave him some time off, you know, something maybe went, you know, a little bit awry there, brought him back on the Kentucky Derby undercard. And he raced like a horse that just kind of needed a race. He came off a little sluggish. He broke toward the back of the field. He made up some ground and just, you know, finished, ended up finishing second. That was clearly just giving that horse a race because he came back next out at Ellis and just trounced a field, you know, winning as easily as you could ask. Um, there's a lot of question marks here. I mean, he's trying two turns for the first time. He's going from optional 100 and 1x into a grade one. A lot is going against him, but I think he has so much raw talent. And from a form cycle progression standpoint, I love the fact that he paired up his two-year-old top with that last start. I think he runs an improved race. And he's one of the only ones in here, I think, who kind of has that untapped upside with the exception of the other horse who I think needs talked about, which is Arabian Night. It'll feel dirty and filthy and I'll be a little pig boy, I guess. But Arabian Night feels like he could be something special. I mean, he just destroyed two fields in his first two career starts. Something went wrong. He missed a bunch of time. But this is Bob Baffert's race. And uh, I don't think the value is going to be there to win bet him. But I think Arabian Knight absolutely shows up in this race. Off the layoff, I'm going to take a shot against. So my bet here is going to be the seven extra Anejo uh, to win. I'm also playing him uh, over Arabian Knight and Exacta. And then I'm playing a try with the seven over 138, 138. So basically, I'm trying to get Mage and Tappet Trice off the board with that trifecta. I, I think both of them have been kind of heavily campaigned and maybe against the pace a little bit in here. So trying to get some of these new shooters uh, underneath instead who might offer better value. So Caleb is thinking new shooters, a.k.a. Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Why 15? I don't know. Circa's doing 14. Maybe they just wanted to one-up them. We'll see. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. There's so many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code Sam Golf, Papa November, SGPN. All right. Uh, just I can turn off the music. I can focus on just Caleb's beautiful eyes looking <laughs> back at me. As oh, we talk about... Music sets the mood. Yeah, it's it's a vibe. That's for sure. Um, it sets the mood, I think, perfectly for the CCA Oaks. Our next, next race at Saratoga, race nine. Nine furlongs, $500,000. Another grade one. Uh, I'm really interested to hear what you think of this race shape uh, because I, I thought that this could be another loose on the lead sort of situation. Uh, what what did you think? I think you could be right. The race sort of does seem like Hoosier Philly is quite likely to get everything her own way up on the front. The one horse that may try to press would be the six. She's looking lucky. Uh, she did go to the lead last time out, but I'm not sure she's quite as fast as Hoosier Philly. But you have to think the plan with her and putting Kendrick up is going to be to go and just see what you can do. She's only ever won on the lead. And the race is where she doesn't get the lead. She tends to pretty much quit running halfway through the race. So that's the way I'm choosing to approach this because I am going to go against uh, Hoosier Philly in here. 
I don't think she's just looking lucky can win either, but I'm hoping she can at least soften her up enough to set it up for my pick, which is uh, the number one South Lawn. So South Lawn ran a really, really good race in the Fairground Oaks. I mean, she trounced Pretty Mischievous and the Alice Looks. We obviously know that Pretty Mischievous is a very talented filly. Came back to win the Oaks and then came back to win again next time out after that. And the Alice Looks ended up running third in that Kentucky Oaks. So that was a really live field. I'm not sure what happened to South Lawn in the Oaks. Maybe she didn't like being, you know, behind and inside of horses that way. Maybe she just bounced off of her Fairground Oaks efforts. Maybe she hates the Churchill surface. You know, both of her, really all three of her races over Churchill have been quite poor. Um, so, so I think you can argue that maybe she just didn't, doesn't care for that surface because um, her two races at Fairgrounds and her race at Ellis were, you know, are completely different. So I think she has some dirty form and you can kind of make excuses for the Oaks a little bit. And I think she's shown that she does have talent when she you know, puts it together on a track that she likes. We'll see if she handles Saratoga, but I think she'll get first run on a horse like Wet Pain from Gambling Girl and might be able to uh, run down Hoosier Philly. So I, I kind of thought that Hoosier Philly was definitely gate to wire uh, kind of kind of material. Um, you have to discount that that win against uh, Wet Paint a little bit in the Monomoy Girl because they went 25 seconds to the yes. opening quarter in that race. It was very slow. It didn't give wet paint much to run into, but I'm also not really confident that wet paint is, is anything but just a, a an Oakland, uh, you know, Oakland wonder, because that seemed to be where, where she was performing her best. But I mean, it's Brad Cox and it's say this, say go, DJ. go dolphin. Cause that's my dolphin uh, for good dolphin. Um, no, I, I thought that, you probably get Hoosier Philly alone on the lead. I, I thought she was maybe clear by like at least a length and can kind of have it her own way. It might be a replay of the Monomoy girl with kind of these slow fractions. And I think essentially either, either this price floats or I slam the wind bet at anything north of two to one. I have a feeling this goes off a little bit less than two to one, but at two to one at my floor, my floor price, I'm probably still taking that bet. Uh, and then I I'm with, you know, I I'm, Using a horse that uh, that you mentioned, uh, South Lawn, uh, underneath in a trifecta, getting kind of cute with the structure. I'm going to go uh, Hoosier Philly over South Lawn and Wet Paint over, or sorry, uh, Hoosier Philly over South Lawn and then uh, Gambling Girl. And then I'm going to go uh, in third, South Lawn, Wet Paint, and Gambling Girl. So five over one, four over one, two, four. Yeah, Did you already uh, give out your bets? Yeah, I'm keeping it simple in this race. Uh, I'm just going to take South Lawn to win. Uh, probably not doing anything in the exotics. Uh, to, to me, I mean, I, Hoosier Philly could have a repeat of the Monomore girl, like, and I concede that's very possible. But after a, a trip like that with those fractions, she just feels like a horse that I'm supposed to play against next time out. Right. Um, so, so I'm going to kind of take a shot against her, but I, I'm not going to say she can't run second or third or that wet paint or gambling girl. I mean, it looks like a formful result. I don't think either she's looking lucky or sacred wish are likely to get a piece of this. So I'm not going to try to get too creative with the chalk underneath. I'm just going to take South Lawn with the win. All right. That wraps up the East coast. Now we're chasing the sunlight all the way out to the West for the Osanita stakes at Del Mar. This is race seven, eight furlongs, a hundred thousand dollars on the turf. I believe the only non graded stake we're going to cover here. 
Uh, and all I got to say is thank God they, you know, announced they're closing Golden Gate so you can get 16 entries per uh, stakes race here at, at Del Mar, even though it's not a Stronach uh, Stro- uh, track. Um, if you didn't imagine me doing uh, a sarcastic wanking motion while I said that, go ahead and do that now. I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. It was a fast count, but, you know, you really it's just like three, you know, knuckle pumps and you're good. Uh, I thought this looks like a, a pretty swift early pace, and there's a pair of horses that I have that I'm interested in, in win betting and using as a part wheel exacted that might be coming from a little bit off the pace. How do you think that this set up? Are you also looking for uh, someone coming from off? I am, and I think we see the setup of this race pretty similar. Delmar is always a different track, and it plays quite differently than Santa Anita, and that might sound obvious, but speed tends to carry you on the Santa Anita turf quite well. Delmar, it does not, especially with the rails being down. Uh, only 16% of turf routes got wired last meet, which is quite low. And I think there's a lot of speed in here, similar to what you pointed out, Chase. So I am looking toward the closers. And the horse I'm going to build around is the number three, Warren's Candy Girl. Uh, she's a horse that kind of always shows up with an honest effort. I mean, she's had some nice stakes win against Calbreds, holds her own against Open Company. And it feels like she just gets a perfect setup in here with all the speed. She's drawn inside, gets to save ground. And if, if you look at her record, she just seems like a horse that really likes Del Mar even more so than Santa Anita. You know, four for five wins have come at Del Mar. Four for five wins have come at this mile trip. It just seems like this is exactly what she wants to do. And it's where she fires her best effort. So I think she gets a good pace set up. I think she'll get to save some ground in here. And she's definitely the horse that I'm going to be building around. Yeah, that's... I, I liked Warren's Candy. Uh, that, that was one of the two that I was very interested in uh, for pretty much all the same reasons that you mentioned. The other one that I went with, and this is, ended up being my win bet, and I think it might end up being pri- you know due to price alone, but uh, is the four Ascendancy at 8-1. to one. Uh, This one's really come alive after making the move from all weather at Golden Gate to racing on a turf surface. And it's another horse that does its best running with early speed to target. I think after slipping for two races, it really pops with the move back to running through through the weeds. So while I liked Warren's candy, uh, I decided to do the win bet on Ascendancy, but I'm going to play an exacta here, a little part wheel. Uh, that's going to be uh, Warren's candy and Ascendancy on top. So three, four, and then in second, I'm going to use three, four, and then I'm adding in one more horse, and that is going to be the 12 Honey Pants. Uh, another one that could come from pretty deep. Uh, its career is pretty much littered with hitting the board in non-graded stakes. Uh, so I could easily see this one hitting the exact, but not winning. Pace setup is there, going to be coming from wide. So that's my my two plays. The win on the four ascendancy and the exacta 3-4 with 3-4-12. Yeah, I like that. We see this race quite similar. Um, I, I have your four as more of an underneath play, but I, I do like it. And I think you'll get a way better price on your four ascendancy than, than I will on Warren's candy girl. But, uh, I, I do question the golden gates and Pleasanton form just a touch. So I, I'm going to play, um, how dare you doubt the California fair circuit, <laughs> the soon to be loaded California fair circuit. It's probably. about to get deep over there, isn't it? So <laughs> I'm playing a trifecta here and, uh, a little bit of structure that I like to toy around with sometimes is I think Warren's candy girl is the most likely winner for me. And she's probably a short enough price. I don't want to, she's not worth wheeling in all the spots or anything at you know one of the shorter prices in this field. I'm keying Warren's candy girl on top. And then I'm keying the 12 in second. And then in third, 
um, kind of like as a standalone key. This, I like Honey Pants, you know, for the reasons you kind of mentioned. I think she comes running late. I think the post is tough for her, and she does seem like a horse that hangs quite a bit and just doesn't really seem to get the job done, but always tends to show up. So she's one of those uh, like nibbler, clunker kind of horses that I, I think will show up and run her race to get a piece of this, but I don't really want her on top. So I'm playing a trifecta with a three over the 12 over the four, eight, nine, 11. And then I'm going to swap legs two and three. So three over four, eight, nine, 11 over the 12. Uh, do what Caleb said. I don't remember what his bets were. Cause I started thinking about Futurama as soon as he said the word nibbler for some reason. <laughs> All right, here we are. We we've made it to the end. Our, our, I'm sad. Caleb, our time together is almost it's, it's nigh. I guess would be, I don't know. I don't know how to use the word nigh to be fair. San Clemente stakes. It's race nine at Del Mar eight furlongs, $200,000 on the turf. And this is a grade two and it's another large field with early speed. And there's a pack of horses. I think should be running about two to three lengths off the pace that I love the winner to come out of. Uh, and I'm super hype, hyper-focused on one. I'm curious if you used it too. What'd you think of this race? I think this is a fun race. I also think there's a lot of speed in this race. I and mean, that tends to happen when you can actually draw full fields, I guess. But uh, I think that's sets it up for a horse who, in my opinion, deserves to be favored in this race. Um, I, I'm not sure if she will be. I, I could see her getting slammed. I don't know. But the number four delight is uh, by far, I think, the most likely winner of this race. She was a really, really promising two-year-old. Um, she came back to, uh, I mean, she broke her maiden at Delaware, which was you know, not a super prestigious track by a lot of people's standards, but backed that form up in the Jessamine where she went off as the favorite actually, and just took a dominant gate to wire score at Keeneland. Uh, and then went to the Breeders' Cup, but just a, a little much, a little too soon in a race that kind of fell apart. Um, went to you know Gulfstream and just didn't care for that configuration. Gulfstream can be a wonky track, so I'm not holding that against her. She got back on track last out at Indiana Grand or uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis rather. And that was off a big layoff. And Jonathan Thomas is typically terrible off of long layoffs. Um, he's phenomenal second off of layoffs. So for her to come back and win that race off the huge layoff, which certainly was not the target and was supposed to be a prep. I mean, she won that race comfortably. She showed a new dimension being able to close. Uh, and she also has speed if she wants to go forward. So I, I think she's going to take a step forward off that. I think she's almost fast enough to win as it is. And I think she's the class of the field in here. So I'm going with the East Coast Invader Delight. It's, I probably should just common sense says go with the East Coast Invaders uh, with the, uh, with the uh, California turf, it seems like. But I... I'm not a smart man and didn't do that. Uh, the horse that I mentioned that I'm super focused on is the six spicy bug at six to one for Michael McCarthy with the uh, rarely sober uh, Kent DeSormo up, um, which I mean, you, you live in New Orleans, you know how it is, you know how oh, it yeah. is down there. You, you just got to get through the, I mean, how do you get through the jungle heat without just drinking a bunch of bourbon? You, you know? just don't stop drinking. Yeah. 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 See, I'm sure this Ken's got a, he's got a hurricane in his in his locker in the jockey room. I'm sure to cool off in between races. I imagine he's got one with an extremely long straw, so he can still <laughs> like he doesn't have to like lift it whenever he's uh, drinking and driving. All right, uh, Spicy Bug's a winner of two straight, and I think has really come alive after trying turf for the first time two races back. 
Uh, you had some pretty mediocre performances at Del Mar and then started to kind of, you know, showed a little bit of acumen at, at Santa Anita, uh, then comes back and throws a huge figure to break the maiden. Um, and then runs back again in a hundred thousand dollar optional claimer tops that last speed figure. Uh, it, it looks like if you threw out the first three races, you'd say, Oh, I, this is a horse who who's done nothing wrong and you can't fade. Well, the only thing that it's done wrong was it, it tried racing on dirt and apparently didn't take to it. Um, so I think you can toss those dirt efforts and I think you might get a, a pretty good little price with, with spicy bug with a horse that can come from about anywhere from two to four lengths, you know, off the lead here. So I, I'm going to win bet spicy bug. And then I rarely do this, but I've got a 50 cent, $15 trifecta play uh, where I'm going to go uh, six, 14 with one, six, 12, 14 with one, four, five, six, 11, 1214. Find the program somewhere because I'm not going to read off all those names, but I will read the numbers for you one more time. 614 with 161214 with 1456 111214. All right. I got it written down. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) So for me, uh, your six is one of the horses that I I thought was one of the wild cards in this race on the stretch out. I agree. Very impressive last out. Sprinting first time against winners, you know, does seem to have taken to the turf. I thought that this horse is sneaky if she handles uh, the stretch out for sure. For me, I'm going to keep it a little simpler. I think Delight, in my fair odds for Delight's probably in the five to two ballpark against this field. I do think she's that likely of a winner. Um, so if I get five to one, that's a win slam for sure. I'm also going to play uh, an exact box in here with just the three and the four. The three is the other horse that I was kind of interested in. Um, I suppose that's a bit of a chalky outcome. So I'd probably play it weighted more with the four over the three instead of equally. But I do think that the three, after completely blowing the break and you know, having some trouble last time, just looped the entire field and, and looked really good. Um, that, that was the first start off a long way off. And I think this three, with all the speed in the race, I mean, this three looks quite dangerous and a set. So I'm going to play a four, three, three, four exactos in here. And try to hope that some of these other horses with you know, the dirt resumes like Antel Muno Lies and uh, others, hopefully they take some money and uh, give me a half decent price on Delight. So I'm playing four, three, three, four exactos. There we go. That's it. Those are f- the five stakes races. Are you, are you going to be watching all these? Are you going to be bouncing around watching watching racing all day on Saturday? I will be. It's, it's a drinking. great day for racing. Uh, I'm going to have to maybe get a second job with some of these Del Mar cards and whatever else. But uh it's a good day. It's a good day for some good stakes racing. Very good. Uh, Caleb, what, you're, you're a man about uh, the, the streaming and the, in the Twitter sphere. Uh, you got anything coming up? Nothing too crazy right now. Um, we're still doing our Thursday streams for on the wrong lead. So you can always catch those on YouTube or Twitter uh, on the wrong lead. We go live at seven thirty central time. Typically, I guess one new thing uh, we kind of are doing is uh, Saratoga one a days where Mark, Josh, and myself each kind of give out one play each day, just one horse to win place, kind of our best opinions. And that's been a kind of a fun little way to you know, get some engagement and get some people's thoughts on it. Uh, yours truly is currently uh, steamrolling that leaderboard. I think Mark has a place course, maybe. Um, but you're, you're, our boy at Saratoga has been struggling a little bit. But uh Yes, yeah, yeah. so you can check those out too. There's actually going on our website as we're trying to drive some more traffic there after forgetting we had one for the year. But uh, yeah, and you can always find me on Twitter at Caleb WVU. 
There you go. I, I saw the uh, the spreadsheet that uh, that Josh posted, and what was funny was like Mark had a couple like had like five dollars and sixty cents on this total, but if you look like in the spreadsheet, it was all zeros. I was like, did they did they spot him five sixty to, to start this? <laughs> did they spot Mister Saratoga himself? You know, five dollars and sixty cents. Nah. We're letting, yeah, him, out. letting him like head off the ladies' tees, kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when we let him play Delta Downs in that bankroll builder and bourbon contest. Like, of course, I catch fire at Turfway, and then he hits a fucking pick three at (laughs) Delta Downs. I'm never going to forgive him for that. Ever. Ever. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. It's a wrap for the week. We got our three shows in. Look at that. All the content coming your way. And uh, we'll be back next week to probably talk more about Saratoga and Delmar. Get used to it. It's going to be like this till September. We will catch you next time on the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network.